Sean Chalice has cracked the code to turn ordinary real estate agents into 10x real estate warrior top guns. Learn the tips, tricks, and speed hacks of the perfect 10x real estate strategies, products, and platforms and make quantum leaps to literally dominate any real estate market. Chalice is an absolute sales and marketing genius. With over 30 years of real estate experience and more than 1,000 personal clients, he has negotiated more than $500 million in real estate. His sales experience is only surpassed by his passion for personal development, where he has invested more than a million dollars to work with the world's foremost experts. Take it from Tony Robbins. Industry experts can turn decades into days and days into minutes. Here is real estate industry expert, Sean Chalice. Hey everybody, Sean Chalice, uh, founder at the 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation. We're also considered the consumer's real estate coach, and I just want to reach out to you today. Um, I had a great conversation with one of the guys that works with me, and he asked a good question. He said, hey, Sean, you know, we're prospecting our brains out, and, um, you know, the results just aren't getting what they used to get. What's going on? Are we, you know, how long are we going to be in this kind of a situation? Do you think it's going to continue? What do you think? What is the deal? So, you know, I, I kind of explained to him, and I said, you know, the misconception that the general public has right now is that the real estate market is flying. Interest rates are low and everything that comes on the market sells multiple offers. Well, yeah, it does because we're actually in the complete polar opposite of the economy that I was in when I was working in 2008 and 2009. I mean, 2008, 2009, what's happening then? You got to realize like, you know, um, you know that is that is now almost, you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. I'm 40 years old as opposed to 54 um, I walk into my office, and in you know, in the beginning of 2008, I had just opened my new office. I have one kid, one on the way. I'm honestly making about eighty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars a month, and all of a sudden I wake up, and against all the better judgment of all my mentors and all my coaches, said, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" We knew we were going into a declining market. Had we known how bad, I mean, it was like the perfect storm in real estate. I mean, it was just, it was disgusting, to be honest with you. So here's a true story, you know, and this will put it in perspective for you. I open up my office. I'm excited as hell. We went from number 180 on the sheets as a new company to the next month we come out and we're number 90 on the sheets. And what are the sheets? Well, the sheets back then, what they did was every month, the more, the real estate association or the multiple listing service would send us out a report and they would fax it to us back then because they didn't email it. And it was about eight pages long. So I can remember that it came out on the 15th of every month. So the first month I get it, I was really excited. I didn't even realize there was a report. And I was like, wow, look at us. You know, the next month it comes out, we're like at number we're like number 16. We go from number 90 to number 16. So within 90 days of opening our office, we went from 180 as a new office and as the last guy in the, in the lot to number 16 out of 180 companies. Well, what I didn't realize was the, the you know all of a sudden it started to get closer to 2008 in September. I go in the office one day, I get the report, and I call up the multiple listings person. And I go, dude, you know, I think there's something wrong with my fax machine. I'm missing the last page. And they go, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, usually there's uh, eight pages and 180 companies. I said, this month there's only 140 companies. There's only seven pages. She goes, yeah, well, those other companies went broke, Sean. They're no longer in business. Uh, and that's when it, the reality set in that, oh, my God. This is no longer just a bunch of people talking because we kind of ignored the news. We just we really didn't watch the news. We just kind of put our head down and showed up every day and do what we were supposed to do. And you know, ironically enough, when we started to look around and started to see what was going on, I really got I really took it in. I was like, wow, 
in a very short period of time, my income went from 80000 a month to $8,000 a month, literally overnight in six months. Uh, I watched the market tumble um, to go down 40 to 50% in the amount of sales in six-month period. And, as, and not only were they, did they go down in the amount of sales, but the sales volume went down. From lower the price of the homes went down by 45% in that same period. So you talk about a perfect storm. You talk about, like, what do you do? I mean, you, I had just opened an office. I have one kid, one on the way. I go home. My bills are probably 10 times what I was making or, or eight times what I was making a month. Um, and I, you know, all I could think of is, you know what? I got my health. Um, let's just get up and fight another day. And every day we would get up and we would look at the hot sheet to say to some or the people in the office and go, hey, look, there was 15 people that actually listed a house yesterday. There was 20 people that actually sold the house. And there was this many people that did whatever else. So all we kept doing was looking at the, at the, the hot sheets to, to remind ourselves that we hadn't gone to zero. We were still doing some business. And really what we did was we had to take a step backwards to figure out our numbers. So prior to that, I needed probably two listings for every sale that I wanted to make. When the market shifted, all of a sudden, I was carrying 110 listings because I needed anywhere between 10 to 15 listings in order to sell one house. So I had to keep that many in inventory in order to sell a house. We had to figure out new ways to manage inventory. And one of the ways that we did that was figuring out that if we worked with developers or investors that that had portfolios of 10, 20, 50, 100 homes, we can actually have one conversation with one portfolio manager or one investor or one, one uh, developer and still manage 30 properties. So we still made the same amount of phone calls, but we were we were managing our how, uh, housing in our inventory, you know, 10 times the amount of inventory. So that was, that was one thing that we did was pretty smart. The second thing that we did was every morning we would come in and like I said, we would look to see what was positive that was going on. Then the other thing that we did about three times a week, whenever, you know, you can't stay positive all the time, we would play this song from Mighty Python, uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, which is a song where if you see the skit, there's a there's three guys nailed to crucifixes and they're singing don't always look on the bright side of life and their feet are going back and forth. It's just a you know, it's just a it's what they would call a pattern break to break the tension in the office and to show people like, hey, you know what? And and thank God, you know, I've always led by example. So um, I wasn't asking anybody to do anything I wasn't doing. Um, I remember when a, a very large yellow company in the Northeast bought my firm. And the owner of that company came in, the president who's been in the business for probably 60 years at that point, he said, I don't know how you guys are doing it, but you're doing more business than three of our offices combined. And he goes, we can't even figure out how you guys are appraising properties because there's nothing been trading or nothing selling in order to get it appraised. And, you know, one of the things I said was, you know, Jim, when, when, do you get more excited when you're going down on the, on the roller coaster or when you're going up? He goes, man, you know, obviously going down. I said, well, Market's going down pretty quick. I said, people get excited. And I said, when people get excited, when they make decisions, when they're excited, I said, numbers bore them to death. And I said, you know, markets go up on elevators and go down on escalators. And I said, you know, actually, I apologize. They go up on escalators and they go down on elevators. And at that time, really what we were doing was just focusing on what was it going to take in order for us to do another transaction. And really what we did was we figured out the numbers. Um, I probably... You know, thankful that that happened at that time. Um, I wasn't thankful that you know it happened right when I opened my own office, but thank God I had really good people around me. I was trained by really, really good mentors and coaches over the years to 
basically, you know, now that I look back, I was, I was, I was like a weapon. I was designed to withstand pretty much the worst economy and the worst real estate market we've ever experienced. Um, so why am I reflecting on the past and that whole experience? Is because we learn a lot from our past that we can project into the future. So when you know, over the, you know, I, I've I've talked with people and they said, oh, you know, I'm working with so and so, and he's a great coach and a great mentor, and I said, you know you realize that they've never worked in a down economy or a sideways economy. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, when the market is going straight up, anybody looks good. I say, because there isn't anything that's going to affect them um, going forward. But I said, when, you know, the, the really the people that shine are the people that sh um, shine when the market is not doing so good or they're outperforming the market. So if the market went up 10% and your, your business went up 15%, that means you outperform the market by 5%. But if you have people like what we did in 2008, everybody else went down 40% and we actually stayed the same. Uh, we didn't stay the same. We stayed the same in the amount of sales we did, but we didn't stay the same in the amount of money we made because, again, the volume went down almost 50%. So we only made half as much money and actually less because of what they would call the momentum effect. It takes time in the real estate business to actually get momentum and get into a groove and usually that momentum phase is about 60 to 90 days in order for somebody to get into a phase where they start to create a duplicatable, repeatable, trackable business that can be monitored and tracked and, and increased or decreased. So you fast forward now, it's 2021 and people are all like, you know, oh my God, the market is going crazy. Well, yes, there's um, the, the real estate market. When we put a house on the market, there's six or eight offers on the property. There's there's a ton of people out there trying to buy it. And yeah, the market is flying and the interest rates are super low. They're at below 3% in some cases. I mean, that's all well and good. The challenge though is, is that it doesn't matter how low the interest rate is if you can't find a house to buy. Again, I'll say that again. It doesn't matter how low the interest rate is if you don't have the inventory to sell. And so why am I, why am I bringing that up even? Or why is that even you know in the conversation, Sean? I don't understand. Well, you know, when you look at, um, you know, any business for that matter, you know, it's supply and demand. So if I look at, and I, and I recently got a, um, I recently got an image from somebody and a report from somebody that showed that across the United States, on average, it's a 40 to a 50% less inventory at this time of year than this time last year and the year before that, as a matter of fact, and the year before that. Well, this sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because we are actually in the polar opposite market that we were in in 2008 and 2009. In 2008 and nine, if, if you had buyers, you controlled the market. In this market, if you have inventory, you control the market. Because like I said, there's no inventory, but there's plenty of buyers waiting to chomp at the bit to buy. So really the trick comes is how do I control the inventory? How do I get the most control of inventory to be able to bring in the buyers to myself? And then once I get that buyer audience, how do I hang on to them? And how do I keep their attention long enough to buy a house from me um, and for me to find them something or to put their confidence in me? So, you know, I, you know, when you start looking at that and you say, okay, well, um, you know, that's one way to look at it. Well, here's the differences of age and experience. In March and April of, two, of 2020, when the market, uh, when all of a sudden COVID-19 hit, 
thank God, um, I'm married to a doctor, and she happens to be what I call the COVID czar. <laughs> she's the you know she's the national medical medical director for a very large corporation, and she you know, she's the love of my life. Thank God, and so are my kids. But more importantly, um, she's in charge of this side of the hemisphere, and especially in charge of COVID nineteen, and dealing with that whole debacle. And you know, at some point, I said, okay, well, what does it take for us to be able to operate our real estate business? and operate within compliance of COVID-19. And she gave me a, an outline of what it would take. And I said, okay, great. And in, in the end of March, I actually had a conversation with my team and I said, let's map out the entire real estate process. And it turns out it was, you know, for all intents and purposes, about 105 different people, places and things that you're gonna do along the way in order to list and sell a house. And we did it everything from the first contact with the person on the phone, all the way till the, the last moment where you hand them the keys and you say, congratulations, you're moving in. Um, and during that, what we did is we put it all on a whiteboard and we said, okay, let's circle all the ones in yellow that we think, and again, I'm going to emphasize think, have to be done in person. Well, wouldn't you know it, um, probably less than 10% of it had to be done in person. Then we went back and looked at it again and we took another look at it. And we said, how many of these things can we really, really, really have to physically be there for? Well, it turns out it was only three or four of them of the pro or three or four pieces of the puzzle where we physically had to be there and we'd had to actually show up and to physically attend that appointment. Right. So once we had the process figured out, then we went to work on starting to figure out where the market was and how we were going to differentiate ourselves in the market and what was going to make us unique and how are we going to help our sellers to one sell their homes how we're going to help our buyers to get into the homes to see them. And then what happened was, is, is exactly what's happening now is over time, because people were concerned about getting people in their house, out of their house, people trying to, if they sold, if I sell my house, where do I move to? I can't find a piece of, I can't find another home because there's nothing in the market. Even though I can get top dollar for my home, where am I going to live? So all those pieces of the puzzle started to come to fruition. So when you start looking at that and people say, oh my God, the real estate market is flying. It's not always what it looks like on the surface. So if you're an agent out there, how do you how do you start to figure out, how do you dial this in and how do you start to get in front of it? Well, first of all, anything that you're going to do that's going to generate business that you were doing and it's working, keep doing it, except you're going to have to do it three or four times harder. Um, you know, I, could, I can honestly tell you, I haven't grinded like this in a long time where... We're getting on the phones every day. We're going to, you know, I've been doing it for 25 years and, and now I'm doing it even more so. And we're going back to old school tactics and going back to saying, okay, our closing ratio wasn't good. Let's figure out where the holes are and let's get better at this because we can't afford to miss an opportunity. Um, you know, and to circle back and, and, you know, where my associate Krill said, hey, you know, Sean, what do you see? What's the forecast here? You've been around doing this for years. What do you think is the forecast? And you know, and you know, I got to be honest. I mean, at first I had to sit back and kind of really think about it. And I thought, and you know, I'll tell you the same thing I've told customers all 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 the way through is, you know, in two thousand eight and nine, we had two point six million people out of work. Um, you know, in in today's market, we have twelve point six. Let me say that again. We had 2.6 million people out of out of work in 2008. We now have 12.6 million people out of work. 
And what's interesting is because people, in my professional opinion and personal opinion, because people have been conditioned now to accept that they can actually work virtually where there's many of these people swore that they could, they could never work virtually and they needed an office space or they needed to get a bigger office and everything else, or they needed more people in that office to manage things. I think a lot of a lot of those jobs may not come back, and I'm I'm not excited about that. I'm just being honest with you and telling you, you know, I don't think it's going to be as rosy as we all think. It's not as though we're going to flip the switch and everybody's going to be fine again, and we're all going to go back to our jobs because the job that we had is no longer the same. Um, you know, there's a one of the people I interviewed is a guy named Jay Kinder, who's one of the more successful agents at EXP um, and in the in our industry. And, you know, he always, said, he always said, he says, you know, and he still says it, he's still alive and great guy. He always says, you know, you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And once, you know, once your senior management sees that we can operate differently, we don't have to be in a physical office next to each other, I don't think they're going to unsee it, and especially when they look at the bottom line and they look at the, you know, the, the, the amount of money that is spent on housing and or an office space and sticks and bricks. Um. So let's just say if you take me out of the equation and you just, my opinion is, I think we're going to see an increase in, tra- in, in inventory like we normally do. Um, I think we're starting to make the turn. Um, so we're going to, you know, there's going to be, there's always something traumatic going on in our industry and any industry for that matter that's going to affect the market. Every It seems like every year there's something that happens in, a, in the market that affects my business. Um, it's just some affects it more than others. And in this one is in particular, um, I would secretly compare this to a 2008-2009, um, just in a different, just in a different context. Um, but if I looked, I, I did some research and I, I kind of went to some of the experts, like um, you know Daniel Hale over. He's the chief economist for uh, Realtor.com, and he said, you know, and I'm quoting this actually is despite despite early weakness, we expect to see new listings grow in March and April, as traditionally do uh, heading into the spring. Uh, last year, extraordinary low new, uh, new new listings comparison point, which means that year-over-year gains. One of uh, one other potential bright spot for, uh, would be for homeowners, uh, home buyers, new construction, which has risen quite a bit, almost twenty percent um, in the past few months. Uh, and you know, and they're also gonna, they're also looking to provide additional for sale inventory uh, for relief, which is great. Um, one of the economists over at, uh, at, at uh, Freddie Mac uh, actually said, you know, uh, since reaching a low point in January, mortgage rates have risen by almost 30 basis points. Um, however, the rise in mortgage rates over the next couple of months is likely to be more muted in comparison to the last few weeks. Uh, we strongly see a strong we see a strong spring season. Um, you know, First American Title, which is one of the bigger guys, uh, one of the bigger people on the block. It's uh, Mark Fleming. He's actually a real nice guy. I've met him personally a couple of times. Um, you know, he said, uh, you know, as the housing as housing heads into the spring, uh, the ongoing supply and demand imbalance are all but assured more housing, uh, more house price growth. Um, many will find out, uh, find hard to believe, but housing is actually undervalued in most markets. And the gap between the housing buying Power and the sales prices indicate that there's room for further increase and further growth. Um, so they're pretty, bu- you know, they're pretty bullish that we're going to have a fairly good um, spring. Um, I will say this, you know, uh, over the years I've learned that the real estate, real estate is uh, is a cyclical, a cyclical market. Um, 
it's usually on a 10 to 12 year cycle. So if you do the math, in 2008 we went we we collapsed. Uh, in 2000 in 2018 we should have had another debacle and we should have had another decrease in the market. But what's interesting is, I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, you know the the federal chairman thought they were thought they were um, geniuses, and they decided to raise interest rates from three and a half percent to almost five percent in less than a year. What's interesting is they all but stalled the real estate market. And say what you will about our former president, I don't agree or disagree with him. I think, he, you know, to a certain extent, um, I'm embarrassed to say I voted for him uh, at some point or another. Um, but the one thing he was right about was when he was screaming and hollering at the federal chairman saying, you can't raise interest rates a full percentage point in a 12-month period uh, without, you know, more than that, actually, it was a point and a half, almost two points in a 12-month period without expecting some kind of repercussion and expecting the market to react. Um, you know, in the United States, most people equate their, you know, their retirement and their, you know, their their um, income in relation to the equity in their home. They treat it as an ATM machine, which is not right, but it just happens that it is what it is. Um, in every presidential election, Presidents will try to artificially reduce interest rates or push on the market to get it so that it looks as though they were they had everything to do with changing the real estate market and making it better to make you want to vote for them. What's interesting is once that once they get elected after six months to a year that they're in, when the dust settles, that's when you start to see interest rates going back up. Well, we are now, and I've been saying this from you know from day one. We're now we're we're now in March of. We're now we're now in March. We're now in March, which is six months later, um, after the election. Go figure. Interest rates are actually rising right now. Um, so um, there's no surprise um, what's going on in the you know in our in our um, in our country right now, as far as interest rates go, and how you know they're saying okay they raised them 30 basis points, which is not a lot. It's less than a half a percent, but that's almost 10 percent because you know if you look at it, interest rates are now at thir- at three percent. So a 3% interest rate, you know, and raising it 30 basis points is actually raising it quite a bit. Um, that's that's a pretty substantial raise across the board, even though they make it sound pretty moderate. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you're always going to have people that are going to have to buy, people are going to have to sell, and people are going to want to, you know, want to move around. Um, it's just a matter of finding out who's doing that, getting in front of it. If you're a consumer... Um, I think you couldn't pick a better time to sell a house right now. Um, you couldn't pick a better time to buy a house even because the interest rates are still artificially low. Um, and when I say artificially, I believe that they're going to raise them up at some point again. Um, so that's my two cents on you know the market and what's going on and where I think it's going. Um, I do think there's a little bit of room for it to run in the bull market. But I do believe at the end of um, at the end of next year, you're going to start to see it tail back off. Um, what I started to say was, we're a cycle. Our business cycles, right? Every ten years, 2008, 2018, we headed it off. It actually was starting to, and then they they pushed on rates. They pushed them down, down, and it took off again like a rocket. And then when they raised them up like a madman, um, almost two percent. It stalled, the, it stalled the economy and it stalled the real estate market. And they realized that they made a mistake and they instantly brought them back down. When they brought them back down, 
they actually headed off what I would call the 10-year natural real estate cycle, where normally we would have, we would have seen the market adjust, probably slow down a little bit in 2018, 19. We didn't see that. So I'm concerned is my, you know, my, my overall concern is eventually the market's going to soften up. It always does. I believe it's going to soften up when the dust settles and people start to go back to work. The people that do go back to work and the handful, you know, there's going to be a group of people that don't go back to work that we're expecting to. That's where we're going to see the market soften up. And that's where we're going to see that, you know, this, this entire pandemic starts to trickle down, you know, the, what they call the trickle down effect and the shadow. Back in 2008 and nine, that we had shadow inventory. We had inventory that was people that were in foreclosure, pre-foreclosure, that had not hit the market yet, but they were in, you know, dire straits. They were in destitute situations. I think that we're going to start to see that again. And I happen to believe that in contrast to the previous market, years ago when somebody was going bankrupt or somebody was getting foreclosed on or whatever the case was, it took time for it to happen because of the court systems and everything else and the paper and everything. Now that we're doing everything virtual and the court systems have changed quite a bit of the way they operate, I have a funny feeling that we're going to see you know, the legal process of, of taking back a house and a foreclosure process is going to actually be expedited a lot faster than it used to be because of the, the you know, what I'm going to call the conditioning, where people are now conditioned to accept that you know, technology and virtual, virtual operation. So in a nutshell, I think it's going to, you know, Krill, uh, this is, this is uh, uh, your question and here's the answer. I believe that we got, you know, we've made it through the worst part. We've made it through the winter in, nor- in the Northeast um, and, you know, where it inevitably slows down. Usually it's one of the better times of year for me personally, just from our business. But this year it's been challenging at best um, just because of the reduced inventory and then the normal, you know, seasonal change. I believe I believe that over the next three months, we're going to see a boost in inventory. We're going to see a boost in activity. And I think that's going to probably take us in through the end of the year. And then I believe in the next, you know, next year, you know, Q2, Q3, I believe you're, start, you're going to start to see it soften up. It's just my two cents. Sean Schaus, your friend, your neighbor, your real estate expert, you know, leader of the 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation and the consumer coach for uh, real estate. If you guys need help, you need somebody to help you buy, sell, or invest in a home, you want to find out more about what you what we think of the market and when is the perfect time to sell your house, give us a call, 973-461-6955. Look forward to hearing from you all. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation with Sean Chalice. Tune in daily for new updates and join the 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation Facebook group. Search Facebook for 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation. You can download your free 10X Personal Success Formula Blueprint at 10xpsf.com. That's the number 10xpsf.com. We'll talk to you soon on 10X Real Estate Warrior Nation.